It is time for a show that has been in the making since the beginning of Locked on Kings. We're talking about the Kings and the postseason, and we're making fun of Vegas. All of that on today's episode of Locked on Los Angeles Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is, of course, the place that has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it is where the game starts. My name is Sarah, host of this show, crawling out of my uh, self-induced sickbed. Apparently, my uh, injured reserve non-COVID illness has kept me. Uh, out of the lineup for the past couple of days, but I figured the Kings are on the verge of officially clinching a postseason spot. And that was enough for me to like crawl out of my blanket nest and record a show. And uh, we're here, of course, with uh, our regular Monday contributor on Mini Kings Monday. We've got Jay Foster from uh, Locked on Blue Jackets uh, doing the uh, postseason. Uh, you're getting like the postseason experience by joining the show here on Locked on Kings. You'll get to talk about some playoff hockey uh, with the Kings, with the rain. And uh, we're going to talk about our favorite thing and really all of hockey's favorite thing, which is making fun of the Vegas Golden Knights because they're basically dead they in the water, I think. Yeah. They yeah. need Dallas. I believe they need Dallas to lose to either Arizona or Anaheim, which seems unlikely. And I can't believe I'm at the point where, like, I'm actively rooting for the Dallas Stars. <laughs> but Vegas, man. Also, I would like to say, before we get started, that the Blue Jackets have seen the postseason more recently than the LA Kings. That's so, very true. That's very yeah. true. You have had some <laughs> miraculously <laughs> enjoyable postseason runs, a.k.a harming Tampa's hopes and dreams which is yes. really like also Toronto. A plus. Um, and Toronto I mean really really like that alone I feel like should have the Blue Jackets in like some sort of hall of fame for yeah, the, those exactly. two postseason runs yeah like we got to make all of the blue and white teams sad and that's really all that matters yeah that's very important um, it is that was actually when I first started locked on uh, Blue Jackets I came in I think my first episode was a recap of game two of the five game Toronto series uh which the Blue Jackets lost I think but then obviously they came back and won it and it was great and Toronto was sad um and now we get to talk about another team being sad that everyone loves to be sad uh because Vegas is basically done uh, which you absolutely love to see it um they can't catch oh they couldn't they could catch LA but they would have to win every game. They would have to win all three of their remaining games and LA would have to lose all of their remaining games, which seems, yeah. seems not unlikely. unlikely because I have learned over the past mm. six or so years of paying attention to the LA Kings that whenever I think that something is a sure thing, they can and will disappoint me, but it feels extremely unlikely at this point, um, especially considering 
the Kings are playing the Kraken, this mm-hmm. week, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, I think. And uh, then they are playing Vancouver, who, in fence, been on a little bit of a tear. Uh, oh, and that's that's the end of the the, that's the, it. the end that's of it. the regular season has snuck up on me. I don't know about anybody yeah. else, yeah. but suddenly it's the playoffs. Um, so yeah, they have to. If the Kings can't beat one of Seattle or Vancouver, like knock on wood, should they right. really be in the postseason? Right, like you come on, like they, they the Kings have had of all of the teams chasing a playoff spot, they have had like the softest possible like schedule where you know the end of the season they played one playoff bound team they played Colorado who like annihilated them everyone thought that was going to happen whatever everyone else they've played has been bad and yeah. so like right now the Kings are in a position of needing one point because the Sharks had the chance to do the job and fully like crunch all of Vegas's hopes and dreams yesterday the Sharks won but they won in the shootout so Vegas still got a point and therefore still technically has hope, whatever. So, you know, half thank you to the Sharks. Yeah, the Sharks managed to do one thing for the rest of the division. Like, after an entire year of us being like, I feel like every Monday we're like, man, what if the Sharks do this literally this one thing and then they proceed to, like, fall backwards into the ocean and do nothing? But this time, they did the thing. Or Th- Thomas Bordelow did the thing, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, uh, I believe that the content boys over at Locked on Sharks have been calling it Short King Spring, which I love. Uh, Thomas Bordelow, shootout winner for San Jose. Vegas is made of sadness. Um, and also stuff is going on with their goalies, uh, because I guess Vegas just is not a goalie-friendly team, which I think is probably reason enough to hate them, frankly. Um I don't know who was backing up Lovis Thomas, Lovis Thompson. Let's find out. Because Pete DeBauer has been convinced that Lena is fine. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, I expect him to start on Tuesday. And, and then it came out that it was like, okay, he's having season-ending surgery. And DeBauer was like... No, he's not. Uh, yeah. he is. I like, expect him to start. Yeah. It's so insane. Like, I tweeted the other day, I was like, this is like Schrodinger's season-ending surgery. Like... Robin Leonard both is and is not having surgery. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, and it's like, it literally everyone is like, yeah, he's done for the season. And Peter Boer is like, nope. Nope, he's playing, he's healthy. I'm being gaslit. Um, but the point of all of this is that Vegas is basically done. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at their, their schedule. They, have, uh, they actually have to play Dallas tonight. Or tomorrow, I believe, actually. Yeah, they're playing Dallas tomorrow. So that'll be interesting for all of the playoff hopes and dreams. Um, and then they're playing Chicago, which, fine. Um, and then the final, it might come down to the final game of the season, which would be uh, fun and exciting, which I believe we talked about last week, but they're playing St. Louis for their final game of the season. Um, so it could it could come down to the wire. I kind of hope it doesn't. I would like it if the Kings could do the thing. Right. Uh, against Like, I don't need... I don't need that stress in my life. I did enjoy, um, well, A, that, you know, known Kings killer uh, Timo Meyer was the one who like tied the game up for the Sharks in, in that Sharks Vegas game. And that he even said that like, 
he was getting like texts and stuff from people from like friends around the league like basically oh, everyone so funny every, it, was, <laughs> like, it was like everyone versus vegas like united against a common enemy you it know. was so good so good like i forgive timo meyer for his like eight goal performance or whatever against the kings just for this all is all is forgiven oh sharks Thanks, you did man. half of the job yeah, they try. They tried their best. Honestly, the Sharks is like a bunch of children, and Logan Couture. Pretty much, Eric Carlson is dead. Yeah, and that's basically eighty percent of the Sharks' plan for success. Um, is him and Timo Meyer. So, hey, it's just, I, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the game score now. Like the the, the Knights were up three one, and then up four two, and then. Nick Benino, who only scores goals, and then Timo Meyer. And like I said, you just, it's, man, what a, what a world. It's a totally normal game. Yeah. I did, um, I, I think we're going to, we're going to move on in a minute and uh, talk a little bit about the upcoming Kraken game, but I do uh, want to talk a little bit about um that one i saw a really good tweet that was like maybe the sharks should go on a five minute major (laughs) (laughs) or i think oh no it was i think it was actually the sharks official twitter that was like dreaming of a a very specific five minutes from 2019 that is so good that's so good oh that's great chaos i love it i love it oh good all right, well, we're going to talk about uh, the Kings' next opponent, who is the Seattle Kraken, and uh, what we need to care about with them, which is basically like, I don't know, not a whole lot. We'll talk about that coming up next. But first, Bet Online is, of course, your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information. So, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and predict that, like, no one, not even Bet Online, had really expected what Vegas was going to do this season. Uh, so, you know, maybe if you were someone who at the beginning of the year were like, yeah, man, let's put it all on the Kings to get to the playoffs. Like, congrats. Good job. Way to, way to go. You can find all of the latest sports development, league reviews, and news, including information on this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. And of course, the hockey playoffs coming at you. But online is, of course, your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports and more. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online, it's where the game starts. So the Kings' next opponent, the Seattle Kraken. This is a game that I, again, like, as we've discussed, the Kings have a way of disappointing us when we need them to, like, not disappoint us. But, like, come on. This game feels like a trap. I think it does like this feels like a, a game that the king should feel really good about going into uh, i just might have happened to look at the goalie stats for the seattle kraken this season and uh they're bad right boy. um philip grobach has an 890 on the season oh oh no mm-hmm. 890 for philip grubauer um i guess the defense on colorado was doing something after all um but yeah this feels like a game that the king should feel good about it feels like a game that we should feel good about which obviously means it's a trap and uh we should be extremely suspicious and wary of this game 
it's also a little trappy in the regards that like the kings have several days off like this game isn't until wednesday and you know sometimes you get you know you have a long holiday you have like a couple of days off of work and you're like ah let me just ease back on into it and then you ease back on into it and then you're like oh crap i didn't do all the things i was supposed to do like <laughs> the like kings might trap themselves here. game yeah like, there's no reason they should lose this, except for the fact that they have, like, blown it against the Kraken already previously this season. Yeah, didn't the... I'm sure their last game against the Kraken was, like, just a complete disaster. Yeah, yeah it was one of those, like... One nightmare yeah. where it was either just before or just after a Colorado Avalanche game. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's fine. And then narrator voice, it was not fine. It was not yeah. fine. Well, because they they just played at the end of March. Uh, The Kings played two games against the Kraken, um, basically like two days apart from each other. The first game, the Kings won four to two. The second game, the Kraken won six to one. Like, and I feel like everyone just decided decided to take that game off and like take a nap, I guess. Like, which I mean, like I can see that, but also I like do that to a team in your division. Hilariously, I feel like I'm just looking at the uh, the season series. The Blue Jackets, I think, were done with their season series against the Kraken before they played their first game against the Kings. That's amazing. Yeah. The, the first Kings game, first Kings-Kraken game was January 16th, and I'm pretty sure the Blue Jackets were done with with Seattle by then, which NHL schedule exists and does the thing. Um, also surprising for the for the Kraken, um, their leading goal scorer is Jared McCann. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's... I was, I was, that's not a thing. No. It's a guy. Yeah, 46. I saw the Kraken play when they came through Chicago because, um, because they just happened to be part of, like, the ticket package thing that I had. And the friend that I was at the game with was, like, she's, like, a, a, hockey, like a casual hockey fan. So, you know, isn't one, is, isn't one of those, like, you know, He's like, oh, this person played juniors. Like, it's not, I'm not going to games with mm-hmm. McGuire, you know? Yes. Um, and so we're, we're talking about the Kraken and she's like, oh, who, who on this team should I know? Or like, <laughs> have I heard of? And I'm like, like I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Like I pulled up their roster and I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know what? No one. Yeah. N- no, no one. And I was like, oh, Jordan Eberle. I think you've heard of him. She's like, yeah, that sounds familiar. And I was like, okay, that's it though. Jordan Eberle, that's it. <laughs> Do you ever think about how the Kraken could have had Carey Price and Vladimir Tarasenko? All the time. Like all the time. It it doesn't haunt me because I don't know that like I don't need that kind of stress in my life when no. I'm when I'm paying attention to the Kings, but like they could have had that. They I feel like what I what I, it's at some point at some point of what I want to do. So like I did like uh, the, the my own mock draft for the Kraken before the seasons or before the expansion draft thing. And um, I, I did, I, Jason from the duck show and I both did mock drafts. And uh, at the time I also put together, I used one of those like fancy stats, people's uh, tools that they have online. That's like build your own team. And we'll tell you like the projection for the team that you did. And, you know, my, my team projected not better than his did first off go me. Um, but <laughs> once the season is done, I want to take like my projected roster of the Kraken versus the actual end of season roster of the Kraken, or even like day one, like day one okay. of the Kraken 
and see who picked a better team me or like the people who get paid to do this I mean you're not Ron Francis so like you're already up there I think but just by dint of not being Ron Francis right, right. And I think we've talked about this before but like they did all of the right things this team right up until it came to hiring the important jobs mm-hmm. And then they went with Ron Francis and Dave Haxtell. Choices were made. They could have had Gerard Gallant. And they were like, nope, we nope. would like Dave Haxtell, please. And we Great were like, that guy. Are you sure? And they were like, yes. And we'd also like Gavin Bayreuther from the Columbia <laughs> Jackets. You know? We'd like Curtis McDermott and then but we'll I do nothing. Getting that, that was their choice. That's so it funny. Was. God. <laughs> I keep thinking, and, who did they take and, from the and, Kings? It was Curtis McDermott. Right, and, and now he's going to win a Stanley Cup with the Avalanche. So, joke's on me, I guess. No, my, my hot take for the playoffs is that Colorado doesn't make it past the first round. So. I, I mean, I think that would be really funny. That's, I'm in for funny. Team like, that's, that's what I'm here for. On the one hand, I'm tired of Colorado making me look stupid every year. <laughs> but, you know what, whatever. <laughs> In, uh, in terms of other playoffs and something that's probably going to be a little bit more exciting uh, than, and I think we talked about this last week about the, the Rain playoffs versus the Kings playoffs, but uh, I think in a minute we should talk about TJ Tynan because yes. we love him. And He's perfect. talk about the Rain's playoffs, ho- playoff hopes and dreams and whatnot. Uh, but first, I should tell you about my hopes and dreams, which is that on any given day, I hope that I am eating a Bilt Bar or I dream of eating a Bilt Bar. Uh, because if you haven't tried Bilt Bar, they are a protein bar that tastes exactly like a candy bar. They are delicious. They are nutritious. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They are high protein, low calorie, high car- high fiber, low carb. They have about 130 calories versus an actual candy bar, which usually has about 240 calories. And the thing about Bilt Bar is they make it taste delicious first and then they figure out how to make it good. And I don't know about you, Sarah, but in my opinion, they pull it off every time. And if you haven't had a Built Puff, then you are missing out because I think Built Puff is generally accepted to be a locked on network favorite, especially the uh, the cinnamon churro flavor. I personally like the banana cream pie. Those are my favorite. They're going to be yours as well. And here's the best bit. If you go to Built.com, Use promo code LOCKED15. You can get 15% off your order. Once again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So uh, let's talk about TJ Tynan because I always want to talk about TJ Tynan. Um, yes. And he's like two points away from a very cool milestone, if I'm not mistaken. He is. He is two points away from hitting the 100-point mark uh, which would be really cool. Uh, he has one game left to do it. One game. They play the Henderson Silver Knights. And I think I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to do it. I, yeah, I believe in him. Um, the rate that this team scores and the Henderson matchup is very favorable. They've played pretty well against Henderson mm-hmm. so far this season. And also TJ Tynan, I feel like he's one of those players where you blink and he has four points. Yes. You, know? you never, you're never like, he's never a super noticeable player, I don't think. Um, but then, like I say, suddenly he's having a three or four point night and you're like, what the heck? 
when? And then you go back and you watch the goals and you're like, oh, yeah, he's quarterbacking this entire team. Yeah, and I think that he, so the the Reigns last three games were all against Colorado, who they have struggled against this year. They won one of those three games. Um, the last game, uh, Colorado won five to one. I, I feel like, you know, Tynan didn't get any points. There was one goal. He didn't get any points on that goal. Uh, but the other games, he certainly put up his own, his, his, his fair share of points. And you know, he could have hit that mark already had they not like blown it against Colorado uh, or gotten shut. You know, they've just had some kind of miserable games really all against Colorado lately, but I just, just, just jerks all, all, all up and down. But yeah, I, I think he does it. I think that, you know, the only way he wouldn't do it, I think is if like, they choose to rest him or something, which I feel like he would be like, no, I'm playing. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's the, it's the AHL playoffs. There's one game left. Like, right. Just let me do it. Yeah. Um, of note as well, uh, in terms of the, uh, the title, the scoring title race, uh, Chicago has two games left mm-hmm. and Andrew Podorowski, uh is on 97 points. So he has two yeah. games. Yeah. He has an extra game. He has a game in hand on TJ Tyner. Uh, he's one point behind, so that's going to be a, a fun. Everyone else is just not even in the picture. No. First place, so first place, TJ Tynan, 98. Second place, Andrew Podorowski, 97. Third place in scoring in the league is Stefan Nosen, who has 81 points. Yeah, like Here not even close. Point. Like this, this is a two-man race and probably yeah. has been for a while. Um, obviously, Stefan Nosen is basically clinched the the goals lead uh however Ontario Reigns own Martin Furk is second place in uh in goals on the season I believe uh Furk mm-hmm. has 42 no since 45 which is extremely neat um something I noticed in the Colorado games and I don't know if this is something that you've kind of been paying attention to as well is that they've split up that top line of Anderson Dolan, Furk and Tynan and I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, it feels a little bit of the like, let's shake things up and let's get some different offensive looks and let's spread the goals around. But like, I don't know, man, it wasn't broken. Like, yeah. don't try to fix it. Like that was even when the team was, and I don't think the team has ever really struggled. This season struggled feels very kind of a, like a very dramatic way to talk about it. But when, you know, they're kind of in a little bit of a slump and the scoring isn't coming from somewhere, that line has still been dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I get the instinct to be like, well, let's try something new because they're not scoring. But just because they're not scoring doesn't mean they're not dangerous. Um, and I get the concept of like, hey, let's spread the scoring throughout the lineup. But this is not a one-line team. You know? Right. And I okay, like having uh, Anderson Dolan move down to the second line uh, I think the, the Tynan is first line center, and then Anderson Dolan is second line center at the minute. That was that was the last the last thing I saw, I believe. Um, but man, I don't get it. Like, why would you not have your three best players? You know, and, and like mm-hmm. it's like Edmonton gets a lot of stick for stick it for basically gluing. Leon Dreisaitl to mm-hmm. Conor McDavid when things get rough, you know, and it's kind of the same. They do the same thing in Chicago, or they used to anyway. It used to be if mm-hmm. you know the nuclear mode was just stick 
Jonathan Taves between the two Patricks and watch mm-hmm. them and watch them go. But like, I don't know why. It, I I don't. I don't get it. I'm I'm confused by this rain decision. Um, I don't know if it's trying to like limit Anderson Dolan's minutes because he's a baby, but I just I feel like the team is better when those three are together, and I don't like that. That doesn't feel like a hot take to me. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what they roll with, like once the playoffs start and if they go back to normal. Um, you know, if they can, like yeah, and there, like there's always like weird you know, secret reasons where you find out like, oh, we, they actually changed this line because like this one dude hurt his like left hand and so he can't take a face off. Like there's always some crazy reason why teams do strange things like that. But yeah, it, it feels a little unnecessary in the like things were working fine. Why are you changing stuff kind of mode? But at, at the same time, the rain have been so successful that I'm kind of like, well, whatever. <laughs> okay. You you made that choice and it's still working, I guess. Like, I mean, yeah, like the team is not bad now that that line has been broken up. I just don't think they're as dominant, right? Um, and I think it's, uh, yeah, like you say, I'll be interested to see what they do day one of the of the playoffs. I imagine that line will be glued together until unless things go, you know, extremely extremely badly. But and like you're you're what seventy one games in. Mm-hmm. This is not the time to experiment, right? Head, right. head coach of the of the Ontario Reign. This is not the time to try something new, right? Right. The time to try something new was twenty games ago, exactly. And the Reign, of course, when when we're looking at the playoffs, uh, so Stockton did clinch the uh, Pacific Division uh, title. So the Reign, their their last glimmers of hope of managing to catch up with Stockton for the Pacific title. Uh, they they blew it themselves by losing to Colorado a bunch of times. Uh, right now, the the magic number for Stockton to clinch the league title is four. The Wolves is five. So technically, like, it could still happen that Stockton doesn't win the league championship thingy, which I think would be really cool. Um, the Rain are locked into playing the Gulls for uh, the playoffs in their first round. So I haven't we, seen enough of San Diego. I know. <laughs> we played them like 14 times or something, and now we have to play them more, which I'm not excited about. It feels like about. a punishment, honestly. It really does. Hey, you did really good in the playoffs. Have the goals. Have, have the goals. I don't yeah. want this. I would like him, please. Although what I did learn, which I, had, I was wrong about, was I had thought more players had been called up to the Ducks and that, you know, the Ducks would do their usual thing where they're like, oh, well, our season's over. Here's all the good guys back for the goals. Uh, they didn't actually do that. So they only paper transactioned like two guys or something. Mm. So the goals aren't actually going to be getting a big influx of, of players back from the NHL. So that's good, at least. That yes. It's not going to be like, ah, oh, wow, Trevor Zegris appears. Like, no. <laughs> God, can you imagine? That would be horrible. I'd be like, fine, I quit. I would hate it. Yeah. Like, I love Trevor Zegers. I think Trevor Zegers is one of the most exciting young players in the league. Right. Today. But I but want him I to not think about him playing against right. the rain for right. no, five thank you. seven games. No, gross. Bad. But we're going to have we're going to have more playoff coverage, I think. As we are. The, uh, maybe we'll do we'll do mini King playoff Mondays instead. Very uh, exciting. Very exciting. I'm yeah, I'm excited. Like the the monsters 
have been bad this season. Mm-hmm. Blue Jackets have also been bad this season. <laughs> so, you know, despite my little my little thing at the start of the episode, it was like, yeah, the Blue Jackets have been in the playoffs more recently. Um, it's going to be fun to, to talk playoffs, especially the rain. As someone who has paid a lot more attention to the rain this season than they have done the Kings, like I'm super excited for this team to do cool things in the playoffs. Yeah. And it's such a cool experience for like the young guys there as well. Um, you know, the guys who haven't, who maybe only played a couple games with the Kings or who like aren't quite ready to make that NHL step yet. Um, it's really neat to get to see them also have this postseason experience and, you know, for the veteran guys on the team too, you know, Brett Sutter, um, I, I keep forgetting, like he wasn't with the, the uh, Manchester Monarchs whenever they won. Um, or no, I don't think he was. Um, no, I don't think he was either. That was, yeah, he was with, that was a million years ago. Yeah, it was so many years ago. It was, um, it was like 2016, you know, I think, but gosh, <laughs> a million years. But yeah, like get, getting to see these veteran guys too who've been yeah, around with like, the rain. This um, is gonna be Brett Sutter's last go round. You know, I always forget he's like 36. Mm-hmm. You know? So this really could be a, a what a way to go out for him. Obviously, mm-hmm. he celebrated a thousand games in the pros uh this season so like not to not to jinx it or anything but like what a what a a high to end his career on you know yeah yeah that'll be interesting to see what he decides because he definitely feels like a guy who um is gonna play until you tell him he can't play anymore (laughs) true so we'll see also i have to as we wrap up give credit it hurts to say it it hurts to say it but Ryan Getzloff in his uh, basically last game uh, as a duck, as he is retiring uh, at the end of the season, uh, his, his final point was basically the uh, pretty much the, um, the most Ryan Getzloff. It was the Getzloffiest point. Yes. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. So the, the Ducks still have two more away games, but they played their final home game on Sunday. And he had one of those like behind the back, no look passes uh, to Adam Henrique for a goal. And it was, it was just like the most, um, the most him. And of course, after the Kings and the Ducks played, they did the handshake line to, yes. to it was, it was very good. A legend. Um, yeah. I'm Ryan Getzlaff is such an annoying, has been such an annoying yes. player, like not even as a Kings fan, just like anyone who is not yes. a Ducks fan. Yes. He has been such a thorn in everyone's side, <laughs> but like in a in a positive way, not in a like, I'm Brad Marchand, I'm going right. to be in the face way. He just is a pain in the ass to play against. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is, it's weird. And I got into hockey about in about 2013. And so he's really the last guy in that era mm-hmm. of players that were like legends. Yeah. Then. You know, it's kind of the 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 Joe Thorntons are kind of not dying out because that sounds super bad. <laughs> but, you know, we've seen a lot of we've seen a lot of retirements, and this feels yeah. like the start of like that 2003 draft group is starting to see kind of the end of that which is a, mm-hmm. is is tough and weird but yeah I, you know we will say it this one time congratulations to Ryan Getzloff on an extremely storied and cool career 
And, you know, it was also very fitting that the final game that he played against <laughs> the Kings ended in a line brawl. Like, of course. Sure. Of course it did. There, there was no other way for that game to end, and I'm very glad that that is how they chose to go. It couldn't go any other way. It couldn't. So uh, that'll wrap things up for today. Um, thank you for listening to today's show. Thank you to Jay for showing up on today's show to help guide me through uh, <laughs> the uh, cold medicine addled uh, performance of mine on this show. Uh, I'm always glad to uh, get to chat about the Kings in the Rain. Um, special treat for all of you listeners is that uh, provided that I don't like lapse into some sort of cold medicated hallucination over the next couple of days, I'm going to be in Seattle. Uh, you know, coincidentally, didn't plan it that way, but it could be the game where the Kings clinch a playoff spot. So I'm very excited uh, to get to be there, to get to experience um, Jeff Bezos Arena and uh, watch the Kings hopefully turn in a win against the Kraken to punch their ticket to the postseason, all while I like hand out little cards to people that says, I swear to God, I don't have COVID. I've tested repeatedly. Um, but uh, we'll have some special Seattle content for you later this week on the show. Jay, in the meantime, where can folks find you and your shouting about TJ Tynan? Uh, yeah, so I have not done a ton of official shouting about TJ Tynan recently because of various reasons, uh, but I will be covering all of the playoffs over at FPH Rain. Uh, you can find the written work at fieldpasshockey.com. Mostly I shout over at uh, underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R on Twitter, and I cannot in good conscience recommend paying attention to the Blue Jackets, especially because their season is about to finish. But uh, you can find Locked on Blue Jackets wherever you get Locked on LA Kings. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. The show's on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings. Follow along uh, as we get pumped for the end of the season and the playoffs. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts and or YouTube. Make sure you're getting notifications so you never miss an episode and come back uh, later this week because I can't guarantee tomorrow because I might be asleep. I don't know. But keep listening for more episodes of Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, I have to hit stop. That's my.